0: to Board with Video Games, the gaming podcast that strives for the right balance of coverage for games you play on your table and on your television. You can think of us as the guardian and ghost of gaming podcasts. We're a proud member of the PSVG Podcast Network and so to be part of the Dice Tower Network as well. I am one of your hosts, Kyle, and joining me on this co-op adventure, the guy who ensures I will never be lost permanently, Josh, how are you doing this evening?
1: Hello, hello. I'm okay. Uh am I Dinklage or am I Baker? Because we did lose Dinklage permanently. <laughs> is it North? Oh, is it I'm sorry, North. Oh man, what I just got in the middle of that fight too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you can't even tell them apart.
1: They all voice the
0: same characters. You <laughs> they're are, interchangeable. <laughs> you are welcome to be either one, whichever you'd prefer. Who would you prefer?
1: Uh, I I uh that's a loaded question, right? Tinklage got destroyed for his like lazy acting for Destiny, so I guess I would have to pick Nolan North. He's from Massachusetts I mean, too, so like you get do the home state pride kind of thing too, I guess.
0: But Josh, those wizards came from the moon.
1: <laughs> those wizards came from the moon.
0: Thanks <laughs> for that awesome reading. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yep. Uh. Yeah, we're playing Destiny, huh?
0: We are play. We started playing Destiny two again.
1: Again. Yeah. We should point that out. <laughs> yeah. I did have a question for you, uh, non destiny related. It. Did you play Iron Man VR yet?
0: I did not. I was... Okay, so here's a funny story. So this weekend, my in-laws were supposed to come. So on Friday, I was going to play Iron Man VR, and then everything... we Well, we were going to watch Hamilton, which we did, and we'll talk about that more later, I'm hmm. sure. So then after Hamilton, I was going to play Iron Man VR, because I had to work. we had Friday off, but with the in-laws coming, it was cleaning, running errands, doing kind of all of that stuff during the day to make sure everything looked good, the house was ready, we had food, all that good stuff. Which, by the way, shopping the day before the 4th of July slash Independence Day in the United States, <laughs> that was a mistake. Anyway, uh, so did all of that during the day, then did things in the evening to prep, watched Hamilton. And by that time, it was, like, we didn't get done until almost 11. And I was thinking about it, and I said, you know, when I sit down to play this, I want to not have like an end point. Am I? in-laws are notorious for getting up very, very early and traveling, so they get to our house at a a relatively early time, even though they live a ways away. So I said, okay, I'm not going to play. I'll wait, and I'll play it. You know, I know I won't play Saturday, but then I can potentially play Sunday, and it'll be great. So my in-laws show up on Saturday, and they had first gone to my sister-in-law's place who, she lives right outside of St. Louis. So they had a pretty hefty drive to get here. They show up. They're here for not even an hour. And my sister-in-law calls, and my father-in-law had done some work at my sister-in-law's house, and something that he had done now wasn't working correctly. <laughs> and, he's an, and he's an electrician, right? So they decide to then drive back to St. Louis immediately. Oh, my. From, which is pushing five hours and go fix that issue. But then obviously, rather than coming back to us, they just went home. Wow. So... What was supposed to be, you know, like an overnight and spending time with my in-laws ended up that, with us cooking them lunch and then they left. <laughs> uh, but my wife was understandably very disappointed about this. She was really excited to see her parents. We hadn't seen them in quite a long time. So she was pretty bummed. So in my mind, I said, when they left, I thought to myself, okay, I could probably play Iron Man VR tonight then. <laughs> but that didn't happen uh, because the partner wanted to hang out, which was totally understandable. So, we played games together, and she usually goes to bed pretty early, but we ended up playing games until midnight. Wow! So, and then I was like, well, I guess I'm not going to play it now (laughs) either. And then today, woke up, and it was mowing the lawn and all the typical things I do on a Sunday. And I had already had this conversation with you off air a little bit that things just didn't go smoothly today. Nothing went the (laughs) way it was supposed to. Nothing super bad. But as a result of that, I still haven't played the game, Josh.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
0: I'm really disappointed by because I want to play. Have you played yet?
1: Well, it's interesting that you asked that question. Uh, a fr- a Friday night after watching Hamilton and ending at 11, I did decide um, to stay up a little bit later and jump into Iron Man VR. And I did the, f- the tr- I will call it like the training mission. Um, right. It was very cool. Uh went off great. Uh, the controls felt really good and solid. Um It was fun. A lot of hand movement, like you're literally mm-hmm. controlling with your two controllers. You're like um, flying through the air forward. If you want to like go forward in, in a direction, you literally put your hands like angled behind your back to move right. like Iron Man. It's very cool. I did that, and then you go into. I'm not spoiling anything. I won't spoil it. Uh, you go into to his house, and Pepper's in there, and she talks to you for a minute, and then she's like, "Hey, grab your." Um, special Iron Man Tony Stark glasses, and come meet me here. So I go walk over to pick up the glasses. I can't pick them up. I can't reach my hands down to the table to pick them up. It's not tracking the oh, hands. No. So uh, at eleven forty at night, I recalibrated PSVR and the controllers and it still mm. didn't do it when i went back into the game in fact oh, i had, it closed the whole game out i had to re-go back in i still couldn't reach down it wouldn't let me dock it wouldn't let me reach the hands just were glitching at my waist level they wouldn't go below it even though i had just done a whole mission where my hands are below my butt Flying right. through the air and it was working just fine. Um, so let's just say I was got extremely frustrated to the fact where I felt like old man yelling at the sky. I'm like, <laughs> I can fly through the sky as Tony Stark, but I can't pick up a pair of sunglasses. What is this virtual reality? So I didn't. So I don't know what I have to do. If I have to totally, if I have to move my camera. If I have to, to- I tried it with the lights on, the lights off. I tried everything, I gave it a good solid hour and a half of technical support <laughs> after playing Dang. for twenty minutes and still Right. Nothing. So I was hoping that you told me the same thing happened to you so I wouldn't feel no. alone.
0: No, uh, I but I haven't Googled it yet. it
1: yet either to see if other people have that issue.
0: Yeah. Uh it's interesting because one of the biggest things or ways I have combated poor tracking is I try to remember to turn my television off.
1: Oh yeah, you told me that and I and I'll try maybe I'll try that next time.
0: Yeah, and I don't know, and I just – my TV is so bright that that seems to have helped the most of anything I've done, obviously in, in a dark room. But yeah. shutting off the TV seems to help, for me at least, quite a bit. But either way, that probably should not be happening. <laughs> so that's unfortunate. Hopefully that's something that gets uh, remedied for you because that that is a bummer for sure. <laughs> yeah, it was a bummer. <laughs> so, but yeah, that – you know, you're playing – Iron Man, and then yeah. you're being a space Iron Man in, in Destiny 2.
1: Essentially, yeah. Yeah it's, yeah. it's a good time to be alive. And I say that, is. and I don't mean it, because it's a terrible time to be alive right now. Right. My goodness.
0: <laughs> the uh, I immediately regretted it. <laughs> yeah. And going into Destiny 2, though, let me tell you, that is a challenging readjustment to get used to everything. again. there is not a lot of on... There,
1: not, they changed everything. There's no.
0: There's no onboarding. Yeah. That if you have played and now are coming back, there is nothing to help you with that at all. Yep. Which, I guess I get, you're catering to the hardcore, which is what Bungie has said they wanted to do, and the people who are hardcore about it is what they said they wanted. But as someone who took some time off, played through, you know, played Destiny 2 all the way, the original, played through the first expansion, now coming back, goodness, this is challenging to get caught up on what's going on. (laughs) And... (laughs) There's these new engrams that exist in this new season that apparently you have to go do these missions before you can decode them. That I didn't even know were a thing, that I didn't even had them in my inventory. Oh, Josh, it's a mess. But the game's fun to play. There's no denying that.
1: It's a blast. It really is. Yep.
0: So I just wish there was a little clearer picture of what exactly I'm supposed to do. Uh, but man, there's a lot of loading.
1: The loading is long at the beginning, for sure. And then, yeah, there's a there's a relative amount of uh, loading between planets and stuff.
0: Yeah, so I know that those amongst us who play a lot of Destiny will say, well, get yourself a solid state drive, but uh, I don't have one of those, and I'm not planning to get one of those, so I'm just going to say the loading is dumb.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, we live in a world where... We don't have a choice. There's always going to be loading issues.
0: That is true. But hopefully not the next generation.
1: I mean, it depends on who you listen to. <laughs> it does depend on who you listen
0: to. But hey, that's enough of the mumbo jumbo. Let's get down to business here. So thanks for joining us each week, everyone. As always, if you have any feedback, questions, or suggested topics, hit us up at VG on Twitter, or check out all the awesome stuff over on Instagram, also Board with VG. We're a proud part to play some video games, and PSVG is on Patreon. We're absolutely thrilled with the support you have given us there thus far. And if you'd like to monetarily support what we do, you can find us there at patreon.com slash PSVG. But the most important thing is just that you listen and maybe share our show with someone who you think would enjoy it. We're also a member of the Dice Tower Podcast Network. So if you enjoy our conversations about board games and would like to dive deeper into that world, we encourage you to check out the Dice Tower Podcast as well as all the other members of the network. No matter what type of board games you enjoy, there's a podcast on the network that is right for you. Josh, what is your first topic of for the show this week?
1: Well, this week was the Dice Tower Summer Spectacular, where basically they streamed almost all day, every day for five days. Uh, mm-hmm. It was, There was a lot of stuff, a lot of um, interviews and news came out of it. Something you're going to talk about as well. Um, And it almost culminated, uh, because there was another day after this, in the Dice Tower Awards, which happened on July 3rd. Um, And I have the winners. I'm not going to go through the nominees. Um, We did that earlier this year. We did. When we covered it. Um, You can watch the video or the, the live saved video on YouTube if you want, if you go to Dice Tower on YouTube. Um, and watch the awards itself uh, but I'm gonna start from the bottom and work our way to game of the year if you have any comments just uh get in there and tell me I will let you know let's start with most innovative game uh, that goes to detective city of angels which i think is a game we're both interested in but we don't have or have played correct
0: That is correct. I really, this was the category that I was kind of hoping U-Boot would win. Yeah. But, yeah, people seem to love this Detective City of Angels game, and I'm definitely interested, just haven't had the opportunity.
1: We have best two-player game, which um, I was like, I'm probably going to get the best two-player game if I don't have it, but um, uh, no offense (laughs) to uh, the winner, which was Watergate. Um, I just don't see me playing a political game with my wife. Um, Or maybe in general, right now.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Uh, but super. Yeah, sorry. This is a game I'm super interested in. Uh, You know, we've I think both of us have played other games in this category that we were pretty partial to, but I I think this game has had a lot of hype, and I'm not surprised that it won. But like you, I'm interested, but I just don't know if this is what I want to be playing right now. But I've heard great things about it.
1: No, I'm sure. I'm sure. I mean, it's probably great, and I'm sure I'll play it someday right uh best theming goes to horrified which is a game I have and I regret that I haven't played it yet but um it definitely uh screams theme no pun intended um best strategy game is Maracaibo best solo game did you know you could play this game solo Kyle is Lord I of did. the Rings Journeys in middle Earth uh yeah that's cool uh, it's nice that to see cool. a game with a digital companion be single-player also.
0: Yeah, I, I, I don't know that any of the nominees for this were just straight single-player games mm. either.
1: Interesting. Oh, yeah. No, they're probably all like versions, solo game versions. Yeah. Uh, best reprint goes to Pret a Portrait, which I didn't know that was a reprint. I thought that was a a fresh new game. So... I probably I'm pretty said sure that this is the same time we covered it earlier, too. Yeah,
0: I'm pretty <laughs> sure this is what I had picked to win, because people seem pretty stoked about it, because, you know, you don't get to see a lot of games about fashion out there. So
1: That's true. Uh, best party game goes to Wavelength, uh, so maybe I'll check that one out. It's a Wolf King Warsh game, so it probably is a good game. Uh, best game from a small publisher uh, goes to Rez Arcana. That was uh, Sandcastle Games. Best game from a new designer goes to Wingspan. No surprise there, I don't think.
0: No surprise there, but you know, shout out to you know, Tiny Towns of Peter McPherson, because that yes, game is great. It I'm is in friend of the show. So
1: <laughs> Your friend of the show, yeah. <laughs> uh, best Family Game goes to Point Salad, uh, which is a game I still want to play. Best expansion Oh go ahead. <laughs> Sorry, really quick. No, no, no. Do you
0: think it's funny and maybe we talked about this when we talked about the nominees? I don't remember. Do you think it's funny that Horrified is in the best family game section? <laughs> as well.
1: It is interesting, but I think that it's it was definitely made so that younger kids can play it. hmm Uh but yeah, it is interesting. Um it's like well like it's like in Monster Squad territory. Uh so it's like yeah, you think okay. it's okay for like older teenagers, but they're probably still have nightmares after watching it kind of thing. So yeah. But yeah, it definitely is it just definitely looks out of place for sure. Into that
0: Definitely, but not surprised that Point Salad took it.
1: No, And good for them. Another game I will eventually play, oh, or, or at least own. Uh, best expansion goes to Quacks of Quedlinburg, the Herb Witches, or the Herb Witches, depending. I don't know if they're all named Herb or if they use herbs. <laughs> That's my dad joke Herb, herb, herb two. Uh, which is an expansion I will be getting at some point. <laughs> soon an affordable think, price.
0: I was trying to think of a way that you could spell herb in different ways, kind of like the band Tony Tony Tony. H-U-R-B. Yeah. H-E-R B H U R B H Y R B and there just you go, go with that. You I got think be right. That would that would have been hilarious. Missed opportunity, Wax! Come on.
1: I'll tweet at him later. Uh best cooperative game goes to Horrified. Uh so hey, that's good news. It's a cooperative game. Mm-hmm. Uh Awesome. Good for them. Um, best board game production. Hey, a game I own that I haven't played. Uh, that's all of them, right? Uh, right. Cloud Spire, Uh which I don't think it was a surprise to me. That game is uh, just production in- insanity.
0: Yeah. Uh, I think with the other games in the category, though, like, you know, Batman and Nemesis and Tapestry, yeah. all of those games. Oh, well, even the Funkoverse games, like their production values are... Pretty top-notch, so, but Cloud Spider, I do think, like you said, kind of sets itself apart, really, with everything they've done for their production, for sure. For sure,
1: for sure. Uh, best artwork goes to Parks. Um, I would say that did surprise me, <laughs> but nothing to take away from Parks. Um, but uh, I don't know. I don't know. Everything that I've seen from Parks looks kind of brown to me. Does that make sense?
0: Par- parks has a very specific style that I think works with some people. And is definitely not going to work with others, but I, I do think it fits the game really well. Yeah, from what I know of the game, so it, it's not totally surprising. I don't know, you know, like you said, I don't know if that's where I would have gone, hmm. but I do think it's still good artwork that fits the theme well and, and it is pretty unique compared to what else we see. It's kind of one of those situations now where artwork in board games has gotten so good that it's more it's easier to stand out because you have bad artwork than it is to stand out because you have good Mm. artwork. So almost having a very cohesive design aesthetic um, or graphic design put together, I think helps you stand apart. And I think parks does that really well.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Um, And game of the year uh, award of the show goes to uh, wingspan, which again, not surprising, but also great for Stonemaier games and Elizabeth Hargrave. For a very, very good uh, board game. And absolutely. Even the digital version is very good. I can attest to that.
0: And it's a game you've played and I've played.
1: Hey, what do you know?
0: (laughs) What do you know? Okay, Josh, so here's the question then. Obviously, important thing to note for listeners is that the Dice Tower Awards, what they're awarding now are for 2019 releases. They're always about six months behind, which makes sense just because with how board games get distributed and it's challenging to get them sometimes and all that good stuff. Okay, Josh, we've both played Wingspan. So here were the other nominees that real real briefly, because the other ones are Clank Legacy Acquisitions Incorporated, uh, Detective City of Angels, Imperial Settlers Empires of the North, Horrified. Lord of the Rings Journeys in Middle-Earth, Maracaibo, Paladins of the West Kingdom, Tainted Grail, Fall of Avalon, and Watergate. So those Mm. were the other nominees. Now, I personally have played some Lord of the Rings Journeys in Middle-Earth. I want to play more before I pass judgment on it. I know I've talked about it previously. And I own Clank Legacy. That is the only two games on this list that I currently have access to. Yeah. What... When you look at this list, yeah. excluding the games that you maybe already have, because we know you have Horrified already. Is that the only one on the list you already have? Yeah. What other game are you most interested in playing here?
1: I've been interested in Paladins of the West Kingdom since it came out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a game I've never jumped on. Uh same for Clank Legacy. It came it came to the point where, you know, Horrified was like thirty bucks. It was easy yep. it was easy for me to buy knowing I might not get to it. I wasn't. I didn't want to buy *Clank: Legacy*. Spend a hundred bucks on a game that I didn't know I was going to play. Same with *Lord of the Rings*. As much as I want that game, um, right. *Paladins of the West Kingdom*. I think my only struggle playing with my wife is probably getting around that theme. Um, but it's always I've always been interested in the Raiders games, and and then when *Paladins* came along, like you didn't, you couldn't anywhere without hearing how good it is so right um there's just a game i've always wanted and i'm always i'm interested in maracaibo i just don't know too much about it
0: right yeah i was gonna say tainted grail is one i'm most interested in but i know i have gloomhaven coming and not that they're the same but you know when you think of the whole cooperative adventure experience big game you know you know big yeah big big game hefty you know meaty game i Cause that's where I was gonna go, but then I was like, "Goodness, I don't know that I'm actually gonna get that game anytime soon." So I think I would still have to be most interested still in Detective City of Angels. I think that's the one that still sticks out to me the most. But goodness, Tainted Grail this looks so cool. I just mm, with Gloomhaven coming, I don't know that I can commit to that. Yeah, you know,
1: I do know what you mean.
0: <laughs> so that's yeah. okay. I don't know that I'm going to be buying any new board games here anytime soon. Anyway, so <laughs> so speaking of which, uh. Did you see this, and this is kind of off topic, let's wrap up here first before I go a different direction. <laughs> Anything else you want to say about the Dice Tower Awards?
1: Uh, no, I love um Dice Tower Awards typically tend to lean more towards my actual interests than maybe the other big awards. I feel like it's more about people playing the games than it is about... I That's probably not fair. I feel like it's more like the SAG Awards than it is the Academy Awards. It's more gotcha. about okay. the the gamers voting um, than it is a panel, even though I know there is a panel. I just fe- get that impression. So I'm always interested in the game uh, Dice Tower Awards, and I, and I give them a little bit more weight than the other awards, just personally.
0: Gotcha. So here's my... I agree. I think the Dice Tower Awards overall, favorite awards, I think that they, with the number of people they have voting and how involved in games those people are... I think that it makes sense for sure. Here's my offshoot thing, because this is a game, talking about a game that's highly rated, that is, this is, I guess, topic 1.5. Have you heard anything about this uh, supposed leak slash rumor about Pandemic Legacy? No. Okay, so you know how there's another season of Pandemic Legacy coming, right?
1: I knew that they were talking about it. I didn't know it was actually happening.
0: So there has been a lot of talk about this still happening and all these things going on. There was recently box art leaked, Josh. Now, I don't know if it's accurate. Obviously, who knows? But it is Pandemic Legacy Season Zero. Okay. Instead of Season Three. So it's like the world now. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the interesting thing is that there's been a lot of... If you're obviously really into Pandemic a lot of the expansions and new versions of the pandemic have been Iberia and kind of going back in time. Yeah. So I'm wondering, and now people are starting to wonder, is that, you know, what this new season is going to be? Um, because there was box art on the Z-Man games website that was, you know, a goof. It's not available anymore, but it very clearly was pandemic legacy season zero full box art, uh, Matt Leacock and Abdavios names on the box. I, I mean, it definitely was the design. So, sounding like potentially, uh, pandemic legacy season three might actually be season zero. Is that more or less exciting to you?
1: I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think, as someone who didn't uh, play, who didn't finish season two, I think maybe it's more. Interesting, because I wouldn't feel like I had to continue after two, so I could just jump into zero. Right. Um, But I just had this problem where, like, Gloomhaven basically just takes up any big game time I have. So Right, right, right. like, if I have time to play a big game, it's not going to be Pandemic Legacy, so. Uh, yeah, no, I hear uh, you. It's cool, but I just don't know uh, what to do.
0: <laughs> no, I hear you. Uh, and I think it's interesting because obviously, you know, spoiler free, having finished Pandemic Legacy Season 1 and 2, uh, Season 2 definitely sets up something potentially for the future. So while I'm interested definitely into z- in going back to Zero and seeing what happened before the initial, potentially, yeah, I, I, there, I kind of have questions about what happened after 2 and like what the future holds. So right. I, I hope those get answered. Uh, But maybe it's not a huge deal. Maybe it's, you know, I'm overthinking it. It's been obviously a while since I played the game, but I felt like there were some things that were left out there in my mind that are coming to me that I want to say because I don't want to spoil it. (laughs) If you haven't, I don't even know if I'm right, but I think I am. So, yeah, I think it's interesting, though. I'll I'll be very I will not be surprised if it is season zero and not season three. Um, And I'm going to play it either way. So I guess it really doesn't matter to me in the end. But yeah. Cool. All right, Josh. My <laughs> first actual topic then, um, and this is coming from the good people over at ICV2. Uh, Jeffrey Dom Sanchez posted over on July 1st that Steve Bonacore retiring as president of Stronghold Games. Uh, Jeff writes that, quote, Stronghold Games announced that Stephen Bonacore, founder and longtime president of the company, will be stepping down from his role effective on August 1st. Stronghold Games and Indie Boards and Cards merged back in 2018, and Bonacor continued to be continued on as a spokesperson for the newly formed Indie Game Studios. So Bonacor commented that, quote, it is now time for me to hand the reins of the Stronghold Games brand to a new generation of amazing people within Indie Game Studios, said Bonacor. I look forward to playing the games that are made by these great people as they manage the brands of Stronghold Games and Indie Boards and Cards. End quote. Indie Game Studios CEO Travis Worthington will continue to direct the merged company in Bonacore's absence. And Sydney Engelstein will fill the director of game development role for Stronghold. Now, Sydney's last name might be kind of familiar to you as she is the daughter of Jeff Engelstein, mm. famous, 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 <laughs> a well-known and respected, we'll say, and probably famous in some circles, uh, board game designer and spokesperson when it comes to, you know, the science of designing board games so josh was this surprising to you did you see Bonacor, uh stepping down
1: yeah i think it was surprising i think like I, I had mentioned in the discord it's just not something you see in board games that often so i think it's right. just kind of a surprise in general um um but i mean it makes sense right you, you know you, you do this for long enough and you know it's you know you 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 make yourself successful and enough cash, and then you can kind of sit back and relax and and enjoy your retirement. And, uh, I I think good for him, you know, he built this really strong company and they just kind of merged or acquired Indie boards and cards not too long ago, which is building their brand even more. Um, so I think it's great. I think it's good for him. Um, and uh yeah, I mean, uh she was already running I think indie boards and cards so she has some experience with definitely uh like running a company too so um I think it the, the company's in good hands with her too.
0: Absolutely. So, okay, here's my question for you then, Josh. Obviously, anytime someone like Steve Bonacore or someone of that stature leaves a company, it's always nice to kind of reflect back on their work as a publisher. That's the important thing to note that Bonacore is a publisher, right? The yeah. game, his company publishes games that other people design. So, Josh, I'm just going to run through you, you, and it's kind of a lengthy list here, but the top, well, we will say here are the games that are in the top 500 rankings on Board Game Geek that they published, okay? Terraforming Mars, Great Western Trail, That's Pretty Clever, Village, Lagrange, Kanban, Flam Rouge. Democker, Survive, Escape from Atlantis, Twice as Clever, again, <laughs> the other version. I we'll go to the top 1,000. Among the Stars, Panamax, Pursuit of Happiness, Not Alone, Core Worlds, Pictomania, CO2, Kitchen Rush, Fabled Fruit, Cottage Garden, CO2, Second Chance, Fields of Green, Nations of Dice Game, Diamonds, Golden Age, Croft Wagon, Paper Tales, Dark Moon, and Forum, Trajanum. So those are the games that they have published that are in the top 1,000. What do you think is the best Stronghold game? Hearing those, and maybe there's something outside of that that you'd rather go to, <laughs> but hearing those, is there one that you have a particular affinity for? Is there another Stronghold game that you can think of that you're like, you know, this is the one I hold in highest esteem?
1: I don't know that I necessarily have a favorite. I, I am um, particularly fond of Survive, the mm-hmm. the original version. Um, yep. Uh, I do love Gone shown Clever. Uh, as well. Um, I got a couple of those games in my recent Stronghold haul, so maybe my my opinions will change on <laughs> some games I haven't played yet. Um, uh, I mean, Terraforming Mars is a game I have. I just, I feel nervous to play it, if that makes sense. Oh, for sure. So I haven't played that, but I mean, um, you know, the app is pr- supposedly the, well, the Steam version is pretty uh, successful apps right. and beta right now like it's definitely mm-hmm. a, a good platform to run on and i would i would imagine most people just know them from uh terraforming mars um right. but flam rouge is supposed to be great as well indeed um, they have a great library i don't know that i necessarily have a favorite um that comes to mind at least
0: yeah for me the my favorite definitely is great western trail mm. uh that's just a really solid game and you know it's always funny because you know when you think of theme in games getting your cattle so that you can ship them to market it's not something you typically are going to see in <laughs> a video game or it's not something that comes to mind as as this awesome uh theme and, and way you want to play a game but it's just so darn fun uh i really like great western trail it is a heavy heavy game very very um thoughtful a lot of challenging de- decisions to make a great design by alexander fister but that for me i think is the one that that sits highest in my esteem Uh and that, and I will say diamonds, obviously completely other end of the spectrum. Great trick taking le- game. Really, really enjoy diamonds. But for me, those are kind of the two uh, that sit in high esteem. And I'm really excited, you know, moving forward to see what Sydney does. Um, I-, I think there's a lot of great properties that they can work with. They've brought a lot of really cool games over from Europe. That's actually, I think where they've seen the most success are the games that they've brought from Europe. Um. Working with like Frick's Games and other publishers there, so overall, you know, kind of at a end of a of a le, of a legend here in some ways. So, thanks, Steve Bonacore, for all you've done. I guess anything final thoughts there, Josh?
1: Good for them, and yeah, more more good games. Uh, I mean, just because he's retiring doesn't mean he's not going to be involved. Oh, for sure, uh, as for well. Sure. So, I mean, I'm sure he'll still be around to 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 guide them through stuff too.
0: Indeed. All right, Josh. What is your second topic?
1: Well, it is definitely not a fun one, which is basically the motto for 2020. Not the fun (laughs) one. Right. So, the other day... Oh, boy. July 2nd. So, a few days ago, some news broke where several Super Smash Bros. gamers were accused of sexual misconduct, and it kind of spiraled from there. So... It started with someone finally coming forward about – well, some experiences that – here's what I'll say. Some of the things that we hear about pro gamer leagues aren't that indifferent from what you hear about um, Olympic Village uh, and and things like that. It's just a lot of young, unsupervised people – uh, I don't want to say adults I don't want to say children because it's a little bit of everything um, but that I think that therein is the problem it's a little bit of everything there are adults and there are children and unfortunately in some of these cases um there were uh young children that were taken advantage of uh, yep. through means of alcohol and other uh terrible things I'm not I don't really feel like we need to get into the the details, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to know, you can just search Smash Brothers on Twitter or probably anywhere right now right. and get. Um, but on Twitter, basically, you're getting um, uh, a number of people have come forward alleging uh, gamers D1 Sinpai... sorry Sinpai, Kataro, and Nairo of sexual assault, and mm-hmm. ba- basically everyone has. Issued some sort of statement on Twitter longer, which is something you can just click on. And it's basically reading their full statement that they don't want to put over a tweet. Um, but even like KT Dominator is a, a very good player. He even starts his sorry, she even starts the thing saying, like, I've never, uh, sorry, uh, where was it? I missed it. It wasn't this is the one I wasn't thinking of. One of them started the thing saying, um, if you are a family member of mine, please don't read this. I'm not ready to talk to family about this yet. And that's kind of devastating on its own. Right. Like, the, like you feel like you have to say something. Yeah, if, you're, if you are if you a family member of mine, do not read this post. I am not ready to talk about this stuff with you. I don't know if I'll ever be. Um. And this is a person talking about they started playing Smash tournaments in were 12, and when they were 15, something happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not, I'm not here to cast blame on, on anyone specifically because I don't know the details and people obviously put themselves in positions that they shouldn't have been in. And that's not necessarily an excuse for what happened. Um, but really, it's just surprising to me that sometimes the people that are supposed to be taking care of these kids were right. the cause of it uh, and or complicit in what was happening uh and it, it's just kind of gross <laughs> unfortunately yeah and it yeah. doesn't it it's definitely not going to help the case for younger kids to be involved like in the Fortnite tournaments where we see right. people getting disqualified for being underage um i really what i really hope is that this uh makes these tournaments um change their ruling on supervision of um players and how they're housed and where they're housed and right who is like if you go on a field trip like you have a chaperone you can't just you don't just stay at a hotel and sneak out of your room at eight o'clock at night and and have a party that everyone can hear until the middle of the night like that kind of stuff isn't allowed. You have bed checks, you have stuff like that. I'm not saying this stuff isn't happening, but it's not being said in the stories. Mm-hmm. So you, I mean, uh, it just makes me, it makes me terrified having a kid who could be gaming and regardless of gender, having something like this happen to, to, that, to that kid. Like, right. What is safe anymore? <laughs> Where right. can you go? Uh, did you read up on any of this? What are your thoughts? Um, um, and where do you think where do you think they should go? I, I should also mention Evo was canceled. Yeah. Uh, not too long after this, based on the way they've been handling things when Ed Boon dropped out, I think he might have been the start. I can't be entirely sure, but they pulled Mortal Kombat out of yep. Evo, um, and then they announced a couple other people pulled out, and then they were canceling Evo online. Yep. Um, so where 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 are you on all this, and, and what do you think?
0: Well, and Evo is because there were uh, allegations made against the director of Evo, yeah. which then caused companies to pull their games and participants to pull out, and then Evo ended up just getting canceled, which is disappointing. Not in the sense that it got can why it got canceled was less disappointing, but Evo is such a cool thing obviously they weren't meeting in person this year it was all going to be online uh but evo is someone who doesn't watch or play fighting games very often because when i do i lose really badly to josh uh, (laughs) it was the thing i enjoyed watching because evo is just so cool seeing people that good at what they're at their craft it's fun to watch so if people could stop being dumb and doing horrible things so we can have good and joy in the world that'd be great but reading these things number one josh it was I don't want to say funny, haha, but kind of ironic that the first thing I thought when reading these all these allegations and the things that happened is that how in most cases it was sometimes I shouldn't say most in some of the cases it was a ten year difference between people. Yeah, fourteen and fifteen year olds having you know encounters with twenty four and twenty five year olds. Fourteen? Which, I can't right, even.
1: Which, I don't which, even know what I was think. I was not even even thinking about things like this at fourteen.
0: So. That in of itself was one of the things that was most shocking to me. And, you know, obviously you could think about, you know, where are the parents when you're sending your 14-year-old to a Smash Brothers tournament and whatever thing. But I also think about, you know, when I was, you know, if I had a friend who was 16 and maybe they were going to drive me and, you know, I, I could see how those things would happen. Right. You know, whatever. And this, and that's the important thing is not to get into the minutia of like, how did these things happen or how did these kids end up alone? Because those are things we could be talking about all day. No matter what situation or how they got to the situation they were in, that doesn't mean somebody should be taken advantage of no matter what. All right. So that was one thing. The second thing I immediately thought, though, was why are you as a 24 or 25-year-old participating in a tournament against someone who's like 14? <laughs> but then I immediately remembered the fact that when I played Magic the Gathering, I played against kids all the time. So realistically, I can't have that argument because I was in tournaments against kids. Like, that was the thing that happened regularly. Now, granted, these were one-day tournaments at my local game store that, you know, people just drove to. Right. But I, I do wonder, and here are the things that I start to think about. I wonder if this is why so many leagues do have age limits, right? Like, if you look yeah. at professional game leagues, you know, obviously I'm an Overwatch fan, Overwatch League. Actually, something that just happened earlier today, you know... uh, Paris just had one, one of their players just turned 18, his name is Sparkle. And as a result, they are now going to the finals of the event of the tournament for this month uh, because Sparkle just played out of his mind in their last game and beat, you know, like the number one ranked team. So now they're going to the finals because this kid has been riding the bench since he got signed like a year and a half ago yeah. until he could be old enough to play, yeah, you know? And I wonder if there is, This is why companies are like, nope, you have to be 18 because we just want to distance ourselves from any possibility of these things happening. The other thing I wonder, though, and granted, Nintendo did release a statement saying basically that this is real bad and this shouldn't happen. That's about all it says. Yeah. (laughs) I wonder, though, if this is one of the reasons that Nintendo doesn't actively pursue or get involved in things like supporting Smash Brothers as an eSport. Because one of the things you'll hear from, especially the Smash players, is that Nintendo does nothing to support them. They Everything when it comes to Smash and tournaments and professional eSports players in this is 100% other people, other orgs running things that Nintendo is extremely hands-off. And I'm wondering if this really is kind of a, you know, I don't want to say a blessing in disguise, but now Nintendo can be like, hey, y'all, don't do that. But we had nothing to do with any of the events uh, that this happened at because we don't care about or support this community at all. Yeah, You know, yeah, which is disappointing because this probably, as a company, is going to reiterate the fact that they do not want to be supportive of this scene. Because otherwise, if they had been supported or if they had sponsored the tournaments that these things had happened at, suddenly then is Nintendo on the hook? Are people asking Nintendo... What did you do to ensure the safety of the people at your tournament? What did you do to ensure that they're being taken care of after hours? You know, how does all of that work? How do parents give permission? Like, all of those questions that Nintendo doesn't have to answer because they had no involvement with it. Yeah, that's true. So, it is interesting. It's disgusting, the things that are talked about in this. And it's interesting because most of the people uh, have come clean to a degree. Or at least said, yes, some of these things happen in some ways, you know. Um. So, not the typical. No, this is not how that happened. Most of the people have come forward and been like, "Yeah, some stuff happened that I wish hadn't." Is my paraphrasing what they basically said? So, yeah, it's interesting. It's disappointing, but also, you know, it's just, if anything has taught me anything in the last six months, I am not surprised.
1: <laughs> I know it's sad to say it, but it's just, yeah, it's terrible.
0: Absolutely. Anything else you want to say about Smash Brothers?
1: Fix it. <laughs> yeah,
0: no kidding. No That's all. kidding. All right, Josh. Well, my second topic hopefully will be happier news, I guess. Uh yeah, we'll go with this gonna be happy news. Stonemeyer Games, friend of the show, Jamie, and all of his awesome work over there, have announced their new game, Pendulum.
1: Hmm.
0: So Pendulum uh is going to be uh, up for pre-order in early August, but this is a real-time worker placement game designed by Travis Jones uh, with art by Robert Liesk. And like I said, pre-orders will be up early August, so right now uh, on Stonemaier's website, on their Pendulum Facebook group, all that stuff. They're doing as Stonemire does, releasing a little bit of information almost every day where you just get a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. So the game is for one to five players, ages 12 and up. Uh playtime is 60 to 90 minutes. Uh and Josh, this is real time. It comes with sand timers and things for you while you do actions and stuff. Yeah. Uh so initial thoughts when you heard about Pendulum. Excited, not excited? What questions do you still have? Where does this sit on your interest?
1: Uh it sounds pretty cool. Um I watched his um Facebook Live video. Um kind of going over some details and answering questions if he could. Um the timer thing gets me like uh, it's a little unnerving to me like i'm not a huge fan of that i mean it is simultaneous play but someone did ask a question about how that would work and there is like breaks there's like two or three breaks i think in between for like uh, he didn't say scoring but he said for like doing what happens next <laughs> whatever that might be right um so we don't know too much more about like necessarily around the theming or the gameplay uh, he did, yeah, he did release some uh, some more pictures on his, on the Instagram, um, and I think, let me see, I want to see if uh, there's more pictures from what I'm remembering seeing. Yeah, so there's um, these cool meeples that I thought looked really interesting, and he put out these boards, but it's tough to tell if they're player boards or if it's the board board, um, so I wasn't sure... Like well, it looks like it's maybe your board up against the board, but it's it's worker placement, so that sounds stressful with a timer. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <it does>. <laughs> <laughs> um, th- I don't know. Did you know if he said how long the timers are?
0: I don't know. Okay, so
1: that's also stressful, not knowing how long the timers are. Um, I'm gonna guess three minute timers because that seems to be kind of standard for like big games like this, but. I'm intrigued. Uh, I'm still waiting to hear price, uh, yep. which will really... He said he thinks it's one of the more reasonably priced Stonemaier games, which means nothing. <laughs> it means $60? I don't know what that means. Um, so I would have to see more before I'm in. Uh, I'm not in at 60 yet, so I'm definitely not in at 100 Uh So... They he did say that her first run will have will be numbered, so part of me was like, I should just buy it in case it's good because you won't be able to buy this for a while, (laughs) which seems to be the case with Stonemaier Games in general. So um, I'm considering, I'm more considering it, but really, I think at this point, even with all the information that comes out, I think price point will be the big uh, decision maker for me.
0: Right. Uh, apparently there are three different timers. There's a 45 second, a two minute and a three minute timer. Okay.
1: All right. So, so as the game progresses or, or yeah, one way or the other.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. What
1: about you? Where you, where are you standing on this one?
0: So t- games with timers make me super stressed. They yeah. always have, I Here, here are the things about pendulum. Number one, so my games in general, I like most of their products. I think they do a nice job with their games overall. Second thing, and this is not a knock, uh, Travis Jones, this is his first game as far as I know. Yeah. Now, obviously Jamie has done a really good job. Wingspan obviously was the first game for the most part as well. Right. So I can't just say, oh, I'm really nervous because it's a first time designer for the most part, because there have obviously been, you know, really good first time designer games. And previously, very recently, um, Jamie did a great job of identifying one of those. So, I am nervous about that, though, because I typically buy games or get interested in games because of who the designer is, right? Yeah. So, for me, I am interested in this. I get. I think price is going to be a big deal for sure. I, I am interested to see where that shakes out at. But, overall, I'm definitely interested. I think that everything looks nice. Stonemaier does a great job with production. They always, Their games always look really good. The pieces are always nice. You... Tend to get what you pay for for sure, but still, like you said, there's always still a price that you have to pay for everything, and it's whether or not you can kind of justify that price. Um, I'm definitely interested in it. They are kind of it's kind of neat they're doing a, a designer blog or developer blog, so you can kind of read how everything went into the design of the game and how they got to the point that they did, which is kind of cool to kind of go through the thought process with all of that. Also interesting that the code name for this game was Sand. Yeah,
1: sand timer. And they have sand timers, <laughs> so
0: that makes sense. Now and is really smart, so that's cool. And if you go on to the Stonefire website, you can see what their code names are for their other games as well. So I know there are people not trying to figure out what their other games are. Yeah. Which even if you do that, there were sand timers in this game. I don't think that's gonna help you figure out what the heck the game is gonna be anyway. But I'm definitely interested. Uh, like I said, Stonefire does great stuff. I will. I think price will definitely be the determining factor. Sixty dollars, I think I'm probably in anything more than that. I'm gonna to have to do a lot more thinking and looking and all of that before i uh commit yeah. but overall first first impressions are pretty positive, like I said these time these games with timers just stress me out, yep, so can not have any I mean,
1: analysis paralysis with timers
0: i Just don't do anything because you're like, I don't know. I don't know what to do, so I'm just not going to do anything. I'm done. (laughs) Yeah, so. But like I said, interesting to see it. Uh, You can check it out kind of all month. They are dropping new information basically every day uh, about the game. Even like the featured components Uh, every day. They're kind of giving a little more information about what components are going to be in the box and all that good stuff. So they're definitely doing the long tease about this game. But the pictures, initial pictures look really good. Uh, The art looks really nice so far. Um, The box cover I think looks great personally. I think it's a nice looking cover. So, yeah, definitely interested. We'll be keeping a close eye on it. 60 bucks probably is where I'm like, yeah, I'll probably jump in at that price. Anything more, I'll have to probably think about it a little more. So, we'll see. Cool. Anything else about Pendulum you want to talk about?
1: Nope. Give me more info. I'm good for now.
0: Awesome. <laughs> All right, Josh. Well, then our third topic this week is a combined topic, unless you have something new you want to talk about.
1: No, I was lazy, and I just piggybacked after your topic.
0: <laughs> That's okay. I have to bring up my list here anyway as we do this. So. It's July, Josh. It That's is exciting. July. Which means 2020, this horrible year, is half over. Hopefully the second half is better than the first half. Hopefully we rally and things get better. But like I said, we're halfway done. So Josh, it's time to take a look and discuss what have been our favorite video games in the first half of 2020. Because, you know, there's been kind of a lot of games that have released... This year. Uh, So we want to definitely talk about our favorite games, but also, Josh, one thing to kind of put in the back of your head that I did not put in our show notes. uh, Any games that came out that you have not played that you still want to.
1: Hmm. Because
0: I have a couple of those for certain. Uh, So that's just kind of something to put in the back of your skull and we'll talk about at the end. But to start with, Josh, when making your list, I don't know if you made an actual list. I wrote mine down. But... Did you think of like best games or did you think of favorite games? How did you kind of, how are you going to tackle this or how are you approaching this? So
1: I Googled games that (laughs) came out in 2020. You're doing that right now,
0: Josh. Have you not looked yet?
1: (laughs) No, I did. Um, I'm just telling you what I did because when you asked me games, I haven't played yet. I figured I should pull it back up. Um, that's what I did. So I pulled up a Game Informer's list of all the games that are supposed to come out, and then I did make a list of my top five games that I have played uh, this year.
0: Gotcha. So is your was your list? Were you surprised at the number of games? Was it more than you thought? Less than you thought? Kind of where were you sitting after looking at that list?
1: Honestly, I. I didn't know what to expect because I didn't really have a memory of a lot of games coming out this year. Like in my head, I know that there were games, but, uh, um, I think it, it surprised me that there weren't more candidates, but I'm not surprised by the ones I picked. So I would agree with you. Yeah.
0: There are definitely, there are games I still want to play that, like I said, we'll talk about that at the end, but overall I'm kind of surprised for how much video games I've played this year. How few games that came out this year I played, actually, is kind of where I sat at. So, like I said, we'll go through it. It'll be great. But I, I, there's definitely a few I want to get to still. But I, I thought I had played more games from this year. Uh, but apparently, I'm just playing old games this year. That's kind of what I've been doing. But with that, Josh, what is your number five game?
1: My number five game is Predator Hunting Grounds.
0: Ooh, that's a really good pick. That just missed my list.
1: Yeah, I mean, I know that it's not... It's not top tier game of the year. Uh, And it probably won't make my top five of the year, but that's just speculation. Uh, Well, looking the way who who knows? I think it's not. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, uh, I had a really uh, amazing time. I'm actually, it's one of the games I really am sad I'm not playing more of and I probably should try to make more time for it. Um, Mm -hmm. I just had such a fun time playing it and played it so much when it came out. That uh, I I still think it's a very strong um, game in its own right, and I really want to get. I still want to get a group where we can play everyone one person's predator, everyone else right. is human that we know. Um, I think that'd be so much fun. Um, but yeah, it's just a great game, underappreciated, probably correctly reviewed.
0: <laughs> gotcha. I would agree, though. That sounds good. Uh, my number five is. The Jaws Simulator game, Man Eater. Now, uh, let me say my something six. about this. Okay. Well, let me say something about Man Eater. Number one, this game is a technical mess. Still to this day after two patches, not in great shape technically. However, I had a ton of fun playing this game. I basically played the entire thing in about a weekend. And I almost did put it on my list for what I think to be a petty reason. Because of the bugs in the game, I still don't have the Platinum Trophy. I've done everything for the Platinum <laughs> Trophy, but I still don't have it because the game has had that many bugs. Now, with our last patch that came out this last week, I got two more trophies that just popped when I logged into the game, but I'm still missing the last two so I can get the Platinum, which I have done all of the things for. But uh, yeah, so that's, like I said, a petty thing, but overall, it's really fun just swimming around, being a shark. I think it's a really unique premise to have an open world shark PG <laughs> of going yeah. around and, and leveling your shark up and the powers that you get I think are pretty cool like I said there uh there's a lot of issues the slow down the loads there's a lot of problems with the game but I just had a ton of fun playing it so when I look at just the, my favorite experiences or the best experiences I had this year I couldn't put man I couldn't not put man-eater on the list so that's my number five man-eater Josh what is your number four game?
1: Number, it gets tricky around here. I think my number four okay. game has to be Gears Tactics.
0: Ooh, tell me more.
1: I want it to be higher. <laughs> but Okay. But for reasons. Um, I, I love this game. It's so good. It speaks, Um, I feel great that there's a great, I feel awesome there's a tactics game out there that, um, Uh, I can play now that is something I don't feel like I'm missing. Like XCOM, I I was never able to get back into because I just feel like it had its own thing. It was like a little overwhelming to get into and it kind of throws you right in. Um, But uh, it's so good. It really brings new life into the Gears franchise that really got so like just kind of tiring for me. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, with the new play style, but, but it still holds that same, like, Gears, like, cinematic story. Like, you really feel like you're in it. So, um, I still pick it up and play it constantly uh, when I have time to play games. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I love it, and I, I hope more people play it.
0: Do you think it's, I, I feel like I've heard a lot of people talk about how good it is. Do you think it's getting, you know, you said you want more people to play it. Do you think it's remotely getting the love that it should? Where do you think it's sitting on that? Because, I, like I said, I've heard really positive things about it. Um,
1: I don't think it gets talked about ever, which is odd. Um, right. It got mentioned at, I don't know, like last year's E3. Mm-hmm. And then at one of the Xbox like shows. But we didn't really ever see any gameplay from it. It just kind of released um i'm not sure why uh they they have a huge game there so i'm not sure what the what the reason for not promoting it is but um yeah uh i really wish they they uh promoted it more
0: what do you think or have you finished the game yet
1: no i haven't finished it yet
0: how far into it are you
1: oh boy hours wise i'm not sure um i think i'm in act 3 but definitely um there's a lot of mistakes That happened. So (laughs) the time is not relevant to the progress.
0: (laughs) No, that's okay. I have heard the game is super long. So I was just kind of curious. I didn't anticipate that you were done. Yeah. Like I said, I'd heard that it was very, very long. So I was just kind of curious where you were as far as all that goes. So very cool. That is, you know, like I said, I've heard great things about the game and I hope it continues to do well. Uh, Have they said anything about when the Xbox release is going to be? Because it's still just PC, correct? Yeah,
1: I haven't seen any dates on when it's coming for Xbox. Um, As far as I know, they haven't released any info on the date, but maybe we'll get that. Maybe we'll get that announcement this month at the Xbox event.
0: Oh, that's probably a good point. Coming to Xbox
1: Series X.
0: (laughs) That's right. That would be an excellent thing for them to do. So, Josh, my number four game is going to be another game that I'm going to give a lot of caveats on. Uh, But My number four game of the year so far is Trials of Mana. Uh, oh. I really enjoyed my th- yeah. I really enjoyed my time with it overall. Obviously, I talked about the voice acting not being great, and it's not. But I think that's almost more of it. Well, I it's not totally just about the dialogue. Some of it's just not really all that awesome. But I had a lot of fun playing the game, and the game is still installed on my PlayStation. I am planning to go back and get the platinum trophy in it. I just had a lot of fun. You know, after playing Final Fantasy VII Remake, which may or may not show up on the list here in the future. I really wanted to kind of keep playing a Japanese role-playing game or but get even more, you know, old school if you would. And this again, a remake of a 16-bit game that never came out in the West. It was just a really fun time and it was kind of neat to go back and see all of the tropes that used to exist for better and for worse sometimes in those games. Because I when I was a kid playing role-playing games, on uh, my Super Nintendo. That was my thing. That, was, that is what I did. I loved JRPGs back in the day. So this was really kind of a cool opportunity to to get a little bit of a picture of that. To remember what I liked about them. Remember maybe what I didn't like about them. But also just, you know, overall have a pretty fun time. That was consumable in, in a reasonable amount of time. Uh, but gives you a lot of depth if you want to go back and do more. So overall, like I said, really enjoyed the experience. Currently my number four game of the year. At, like, you know... You mentioned, I don't know if this number four and number five pick is going to be even in my top ten when the year ends. Maybe it'll change, but overall, Trials of Mana, really enjoyed it. Had a good time with it. Uh, And if you like those old school JRPGs, uh, especially action JRPGs, uh, worth a shot, I think. So, Josh, what is your number three pick?
1: Man, these are going to surprise you, I think at least in the order they're in. Uh, it surprises me. Uh, and actually, uh, after we talked last week, I kind of reflected a little bit on my feelings on The Last of Us 2. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, my number three is Final Fantasy VII Remake.
0: Whoa! That is not <laughs> what I was anticipating at yeah, all. Me neither. Dang, why number three? Did we act like three's bad, but why number three?
1: because i can't pick it over the next two okay (laughs) that's why um
0: yeah i mean i love this
1: game I, i don't think that's a surprise to anyone uh right we talked about it at length ad nauseum whatever else you would like to say um i actually can't wait to go back and you know revisit it at some point and play some more um, I think that all depends on how good Ghost of Tsushima is, right? Uh, or if I enjoy it. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's just such a solid game, and I loved every minute of it. Maybe not going up the stairs— uh, <laughs> all ninety-nine flights of stairs or whatever it was—that's probably the only part I didn't like about the game. You
0: could have taken the elevator.
1: I, yeah, well, I didn't, so. <laughs> um. Uh. So, yeah, um, I love the game and everyone should play it. Even if it's not a, even if you're not a role like a traditional role playing game fan, it, it's so different and it's so inventive in the way it handles the story and the fighting and the gameplay. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just so well voice acted and it's incredible to look at. So uh, easy top five of the year for for sure.
0: I am surprised, because I thought this game was going to be probably number one for you. Based on our conversation last week. Yeah, Yeah, so I'm kind of surprised, and I'm wondering now... Okay, I'm excited to find out where we're going after this, and this will be good. Uh, Josh, so my number three is a big cheat. I'm being a big cheater, but I hope that's okay. Because my number three game is a game that is technically not out yet.
1: Okay, well then you can't use it.
0: But... You could play it, but you can play it in Early Access.
1: Okay, then you can use it.
0: But the Early Access came out last year?
1: Yeah, but Fortnite just exited Early
0: Access. I know, right? <laughs> How ridiculous is that? And the, and the full release of this game is due this year still. So I'm going to okay, go ahead. I'm gonna...
1: Before you say anything, did you just yeah. tell me you're picking a game that yeah. isn't out yet?
0: Fully, correct.
1: And you're putting it on your top five games for the first half of 2020.
0: Correct. I told you I was cheating.
1: Right, but... Okay, go ahead.
0: (laughs) Like I said, you could play it in early access. You could go play the game right now if you wanted to. So that's why I feel it's okay to put in. Just know you're being judged. That's fine. Judge away. (laughs) And since you could still play this game, which is supposed to be fully released this year, Uh, that's why I justify it to myself that it's okay uh, and that is Hades from the folks at Supergiant.
1: No, you can't pick yeah, that game.
0: I'm picking it. Too bad. <laughs> that is one of my my number three game for the first half of 2020. Because you can go play it right now on Steam or the Epic Game Store, Josh. It's fine. Okay.
1: <laughs> as long as you feel good about that, <laughs> I
0: feel great about it, Josh. Right. I feel really good about it. So <laughs> they just released a huge update. Uh-huh,
1: uh-huh. It's not called <laughs> an update. It's called beta. <laughs> It's called a new patch in the beta.
0: (laughs) It's called the Blood Price Update, Josh, is technically what it's called. You can put
1: it in a dress. It ain't different.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And like I said, I know this is cheating, but I just really love this game. Again, it is a roguelite, uh, kind of twin-stick shooter-ish type game. really similar to Bastion from the combat perspective, Uh, but it has you, you know, playing as... I was going to say Hades, but you're not playing as Hades. You are stuck in Hades' underworld, uh, and you are trying to escape um, that. And it's kind of cool because if you think about it from a conceptual standpoint that, uh, you know, the underworld in Greek mythology was a place meant to keep you there, right? That it was a this long maze and puzzle that. Theoretically someone could potentially escape, but because of the design of it no one ever really could. Uh makes great sense to have a roguelike game, uh dungeon crawler be that. And that's what Hades does. Hades does and the characters are great, the writing is amu- amazing, the music is really good. Honestly, part of the reason it's not higher on my list is cuz the game isn't fully out. <laughs> uh, so I felt like putting it at 3 was cheating enough. I almost put it at 5 just cuz I felt a little guilty, but I said no, darn it. I really like this game. So, uh supposed to come out fully still this fall. Uh, platforms being PC and supposedly console, but we don't know which consoles yet. Uh, but overall, like I said, if you like Super Dying's other games, so if you've played Pyre, if you've played uh, Transistor, if you've played Bastion, you like those games, uh, I'd really encourage you to give Hades a shot. does have c- controller support on PC. So you don't have to play most in keyboard like a heathen. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I only say that because I can't do it. um, So I'm jealous of those who can. Uh, But yeah, Hades, my number three game of the first half of 2020, even though it's kind of a technicality and maybe really doesn't fit the rules, I'm putting it in there anyway. So with that, Josh, (laughs) what is your number two game?
1: My number two game, I think I know what it is. So far throughout 2020 is The Last of Us Two.
0: Okay. I think I know what your number one is. Yeah, I mean,
1: that. it's pretty obvious what my number one is. I was surprised that it's my number one, but it, it makes sense. Uh, we're not at number one, though. No,
0: we're
1: uh, not. Yeah, so we talked about it last week. Um, I didn't think I had Last of Us 2 over Final Fantasy seven Remake, and then I kind of really thought about that um, that night and the next couple of days. Honestly, I was just thinking about that game, and I think what puts it over Final Fantasy seven. Like, I know my criticism was that I didn't have fun, as much fun. Right. And Final Fantasy is light and more fun, but that shouldn't, I don't think that ultimately should make it a better, like, higher spot. I think the fact that The Last of Us 2 was difficult to play through and less fun speaks more to that being a better game mm-hmm. than Final Fantasy. Um, honestly, if I think they're even on a scale for me, really. Right. Um, but I think if I if I have to pick one, there's a more important story in Last of Us too, mm-hmm. um, for me. Like I know that it's getting destroyed for whatever story you're like thereof, and and that's their people's own opinion. Uh, I don't see it that way. I really think that the story is important, and it makes you uh, uncomfortable, and it does. It makes you play devil's advocate, which is something I'm, my I'm forced morality wise in my own life to do for whatever reason. <laughs> uh, I can't control it, but uh, uh, it makes me feel like like I'm there making decisions that that I'm constantly like trying to show other people in my life. Like there's two sides to every story, so it right. kind of has like a almost like a validation too to some of like some things personally so i think there's a lot more to it for me so um yeah it's number two it probably should be number one but it's number two that's okay um and it it will probably be my game of the year right now at least Mm -hmm. um but way weighing where i am currently in the year i i predict my number one will fall off um to like two or three or four by the end of the year
0: gotcha yeah It'll be interesting because this fall, there's going to be some heavy hitters. so I'm very interested to see where all these things stack up uh, when the end of the year comes. But uh, Number two, uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake. I think probably not surprising. I really enjoyed the game, but I think what kept it from not being number one for me is that realistically, once I finished playing it, and maybe after a couple days of chatting with people about it, I haven't really thought about it since then. Yeah, I was planning to go back and get the Platinum. Yeah, I don't know if I really want to. I had fun playing it. The combat I thought was really great. I enjoyed that style and what they did with it. I know it wasn't for everyone, but it's something that clicked with me. I liked the fact that you couldn't just take things easy. You couldn't let your guard down because you could be punished even just on playing on normal difficulty. You know, I I had a lot of fun with the game. I think it got a little long in the teeth in a couple areas. I really liked how they fleshed out some of the characters that had not had a lot of background in the original release. Um, it made you feel something for them and care about them in a way that maybe you didn't as much the first time you had played the game, if that is something you had done previously. I, I'm interested to see where they go next. I think I'm actually more interested in what happens next than I am in revisiting what I've already experienced. Yeah. Because if you think about how little of the game they made into this 40 plus hour adventure. How in the world is that sustainable for them to do over the next (laughs) sets of releases? Yeah. yeah. So I'm very interested to see what happens next there. Josh, if you had a guess, yeah, here's two questions. Question number one, are they going to finish this? Are we actually going to get a, (laughs) are they going to finish this remake project? You think? No. Okay. How many releases will we get then?
1: I think if they wanted to finish it, it would take four games.
0: Right. At many do you think we'll get?
1: Unless they start cutting corners, and that's, right. that's what worries me. Right. Uh, I mean, we know they're working on the second one. I mean, yep. ideally, we should expect to get the whole thing. We should expect right. that. I don't. Yeah. Um, at least I don't expect to get the full story. I really, I really do feel like... After two comes out, and then they have to have the realization that three has to be on the next gen consoles, and it's going to make make that much more work for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think maybe three is the end of it, and they really just skip full storylines. And I'm not happy about that because it, it makes right. me sad for people who never experienced seven. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know. Like Seth and I got in this huge like Twitter debate over the length of games, right? Um, and I, I while I respect his opinion, um, I don't agree with it because I think if you're starting to cut things out, I know that they made this game long, right? Yeah, um, but some of the things that are long in this game are like you're doing missions, and if you played Final Fantasy 7, like you're aimlessly wandering for hours, that's part of the experience.
0: <laughs> that is true, that's and you're not true. getting
1: the streamlined story, like you're still getting story, but you're really trying to level up your characters and stuff, mm-hmm. so. I never thought of it as, like, long. I just thought of it as, like, the grind. As And, yeah. you know, you don't have to finish those side missions. You have to finish certain ones, but you don't have to right. finish all of them. Yep. Um, so my worry is they're going to cut corners, and people are going to miss out on these experiences, and I'm going to miss out on these new experiences, like like this whole game. Like, this, mm-hmm. so many new experiences that... I wouldn't have got if they just did a copy-paste of Final Fantasy VII. So, I I don't know. I really hope that they just go through the whole thing, but I'm not confident in the amount of time, money, and labor they have to put into it and then cross generations to continue it because they also won't survive if they don't put out a PS5 version when it's a year after the PS5 has been out.
0: So, here's my question. (laughs) What year do we get the next installment?
1: I think next year we get, we get like next fall, we get part two.
0: You you think fall of 2021?
1: They said they're working on it now. I don't know how, much, how many assets they can use from the current game, like graphically, right. models, like the groundwork has been laid. So I'm not sure. I don't know game development, right? So I don't want to try to assume. But I really feel like, I feel like they've probably been working on it longer than they've said. This mm-hmm. is a project they committed to doing. Even right. if the first game wasn't successful, so it's not like right. they stopped and waited for remake to come out and then continue working. Like there must have been, in my head, there must have been other teams working that finished their job on the first one and moved on to their job on the second one. Right. Um, but I don't know. I, that's just a guess. But I really think I think Fall twenty twenty one's late for the second one.
0: So Josh, I think. That we're not going to see the second installment of this game until
1: 2023. Oh, my gosh. Okay.
0: They're going into the open world section of the game, Josh. So, like... Yeah, yes, but they, they can have cut the that out. Mo- They have the character models, but they haven't created any of the world yet, yeah. in theory, that they need. Nothing else can they use other than realistically the character models, because all the world they built, we're leaving now. We're not doing any of that anymore. Right. Granted, they could totally change everything, because with how they have approached this game... You know trying to stay spoiler free, they could change whatever they wanted to, yeah. Uh, I just think about the fact that from announced to release, it was four years for the first one, yeah. So I'm giving them three years to do the second one, which I think might even be pushing it. Uh, because I don't think this, I, I think it very much is going to be next gen ex- only. This is not going to be a game that we're going to see in any time where it's going to be on current gen systems, yeah. Uh, so for me, I'm thinking 2023, oh. I don't think, I think fall 2021 would be. Uh, I would love to be wrong, but I don't see any way in that happening.
1: I mean, I, I agree with your logic. I just, I can't see them. I know people will still want to play the game when it comes out. Yep. I just don't know how long people will wait anymore.
0: Right. Or yeah. be
1: excited or like people going like, I played that game three years ago. I don't yeah. remember what I did.
0: Well, you know, people played The Last of Us seven years ago.
1: Yeah, but they replayed and replayed, and then they hand- <laughs> they definitely handled it well, right? Oh, yeah, they, they, they were great about it. <laughs> yeah, so. they handled it cool. real well.
0: <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, then, Josh, that leaves only our number one games of the year thus far for the first half of 2020. Uh, what's been your number one game?
1: Well, I gotta say, if you talked to me last year and I told you that this was my Number one game of the year currently. I would let you... know. I would slap me in the face. I know that's like everyone <laughs> says that. What do you mean Animal Crossing is your number one game of the year? Are you a moron? Who are you?
0: <laughs> Have you enjoyed your swimming?
1: I don't love the swimming as much.
0: Okay. It's a
1: lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, swimming is a lot of work. Yeah, that's true. No, it's it's fun. It's some. It it breeds no pun intended new life into um, to the game that I wasn't mm-hmm. getting bored of. So right. it's fine. Um, there's so there, it, there's still a lot to do. There's still a lot to 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 experience. I'm having fun with it still. I play it every day still. Mm-hmm. Um, that has not changed. I thought maybe it would have changed by now but it hasn't. I play it for hours every day. I don't miss a day. It's weird. uh, (laughs) I didn't think of myself to be this way. In fact, I only played this game to, because I thought I'd be playing with my wife. Like I wasn't, I guess educated on how this game plays cooperatively, which it's not cooperative. Uh, So I thought we'd be playing this together. We're obviously not. Um, She has moments like today. She's like, I caught sea grapes and i'm like yeah i got that and i caught <laughs> i yeah i got that i'm not saying that out loud because it would make a <laughs> mad. yeah i got that already uh-huh i got that already why are you so slow i got that already and i don't have like animal crossing elitism but i'm keeping it to myself mm-hmm, uh mm-hmm. but yeah i'm enjoying it um uh what can i say about it. I can't say anything about it. That doesn't make me sound like a weirdo Nintendo hypocrite. So I'm not going to say too much. It makes me feel happy when I play it uh, when I'm generally not happy. So it's nice to have that escape. And that's, isn't that what games are for?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Well, that's good. I'm glad that you're enjoying that game. I have (laughs) the
1: opposite game. (laughs) No,
0: that's fine. I've talked to my partner a lot about whether she would be interested. And For better or for worse, she has a very, I don't want to, I hate using the word addictive because I don't think that's totally right, but she very much commits when she plays a game, she commits to that game. yeah. And I'll give you an example that was kind of old, kind of, you know, gives people a perspective on our age and things like that. Remember when Farmville was big, Josh?
1: Kyle, I once set my alarm for 3 a.m. to harvest strawberries. I know what Farmville is.
0: (laughs) That is what Erica did for months. She would wake up, she set an alarm, and would wake up in the middle of the night to harvest things. And because of that, she now actively avoids trying to play any games that are even remotely similar to that type of mechanic. Yeah, I don't blame Uh, it. Which is why I think (laughs) she would absolutely love Animal Crossing, and it would probably consume her life. So- yeah,
1: Yep. Yeah. there's only fish, certain fish you can't catch unless it's like 2am, right. which I'm not doing that. I'm just letting that lie. I learned my lesson from Farmville.
0: <laughs> That's good. That's good. So, awesome. Well, my number one, then, obviously, is The Last of Us Part 2. And really, the reason this became my number one, I will fully admit, this might be recency bias, because this is the most recent game that I've played to completion. Obviously, you know, finished it, you know, a week or two ago, and there won't be any spoilers here, just like we haven't talked about any yet. But the fact that I am still thinking about this game on a daily basis, and from a gameplay perspective, from a art perspective, audio and sound, the you know, if you don't like the story, that's fine. But I think people who say that the writing is bad to me is just I, that I vehemently disagree with. (laughs) You might not like it. That's fine. You can not like it. Yeah. But I think people who say the writing is bad, I I think is short sighted at best, but because this game is still sitting with me every day and I'm still thinking about it every day. uh, And though I said, I probably wouldn't replay it until maybe after ghost of Tsushima, depending on how much time there is before fall releases hit big. uh, This game is still kind of at the front of my mind. And Every once in a while, I just start thinking about, oh, when this thing happened, or oh, when that thing happened, and then I go read about it. And and I think that's for me, is the mark of really good, not just games, but entertainment in general. Anytime you get so wrapped up in a piece of media that you're thinking about it, doing more research about it, trying to find additional information about it, it's hard for me to ignore that or to say that I think I had a better experience so far this year. Uh, you're right. It's not always fun to play, and I know that. Some people think games should always be fun, and that's fine if that's why you play games. Uh, but just like not every movie is fun to watch and not every book is fun to read, I think there's space for that in the gaming area. Now, do I want every game to not be fun? No, obviously not. Uh, <laughs> but, I, you know, I could take one or two of these a year. I think that's totally fine. Just yeah. like horror games. I don't think playing horror games is fun. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, nope. yeah. But overall, that is definitely my number one pick right now. The Last of Us Part Two. But who knows? Like I said, this fall, there's going to be some heavy hitters, I assume. Um, But that's kind of where we are at for our first half of games. Real briefly, Josh, any games that have come out in the first six months that you haven't played that you'd still like the opportunity to?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a bunch. Um, I'll go through them quick, I guess. uh, Like uh, Journey to Savage Planet, it's on Game Pass. Mm -hmm. It's a game I still really want to play. Um, Right. Zombie Army 4 is a game I really want to play, but that's one of those Mm -hmm. games I want to play cooperatively which makes it even harder to like play right um we have darksiders genesis i really want to play that uh I still did you yeah. <laughs> yeah i started i didn't get very far um so i really want to play that uh i'm just kind of going through this list real quick because i know there's like um i don't know if it's a, um ancestors came out this year if it's on this list or not but the um, the game where you're playing the apes, I really wanted right. to try that because it looks really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I wish I could play Half-Life, Alex. I wish I had a a, a system that could play that, but I, I right. don't. <laughs> um, maybe they'll put that out on PSVR, and then I can struggle with picking things up on that, in that game. Yeah, I don't uh, think that
0: game's coming to this, at least this PSVR. Yeah.
1: Uh, Resident Evil 3 Remake, I still want to play, but I would prefer to finish Resident Evil 2 Remake first. (laughs) Um, Disco, no, that came out last year. I was going to say Disco Elysium, um, but that came out on Mac this year. Um, uh, John Wick Hex is a game that I've been interested in. It came out on PlayStation this year. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't even know. I just know John Wick. Like I don't even know what the game style is. (laughs) So... Yeah, I'm interested in John Wick stuff. You you got me on that. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, Mortal Kombat 11 Aftermath was was tied for Maneater for my sixth. I didn't know Okay, how to separate the two of those.
0: I kind of thought that might squeeze in as your number five, to be honest.
1: Yeah, it was close until I remembered my number one. <laughs> <Gotcha>. <laughs> it just sounds weird that I forgot my number one. But it's just so so much <laughs> of my daily life that i forgot about it right um and west of dead it's probably the last one west of dead is a game i have installed i just haven't played it yet um but i love ron Proman, and i like the art style so i'm excited to try it
0: very cool i mean for me i think my list isn't huge i do want to play doom eternal still so that's still up there resident evil 3 like you I haven't even started resident evil 2 yet so but i do want to play resident evil 3 and outside of that, I don't know that I have a ton of other, well, no, that's not true. Ori will Ori and the Will of the Wisps mm. I want to play, and I want to play more Minecraft Dungeons, because I really like what we played yeah. together. Yep. Uh, I just haven't played any more of it. I know, obviously, there are folks in PSVG who are in love with that game. Yeah. So I think that's pretty cool. Uh, and also, I want to play, obviously, Marvel's Iron Man VR, which we talked about at the top of the show, which I haven't actually jumped into yet. Josh, how likely do you think it is that your number one or your top three? How likely do you think your top three will still be your top three at the end of the year?
1: Oh, ah, that's a good question. I think The Last of Us 2 will definitely be in my top three at the end of the year. Okay. That's probably the only one I feel certain about. Mm -hmm. Um, But we can have a really weird end of the year.
0: We could. It'll be interesting to see because, you know, there's obviously a lot of big games that don't have release dates yet that we assume are coming this fall. Yeah. You know, we assume Halo's coming. We as- assume still that Assassin's Creed is coming. Obviously, we have Marvel's Avengers. There's that, you know, little cyberpunk game that people might know about that's coming. Uh, you know, there, there's going to be some big games coming out this fall that we, we don't necessarily have dates for yet or if we do... We're we're still kind of holding out hope, Josh. You want to know one game I'm actually really excited for this fall? Yeah. That's probably not gonna be very good, but I'm really excited for it. Yes. Troll Hunters: Defenders of Arcadia.
1: Oh well, that's. I know you like the the show. The so. show is
0: great. Yeah. So I'm hoping the game's good. Uh, it comes out in September. It comes out the uh at the end of September, but I I hope the game's good because I really like that show. It was really good. So we'll see. I don't. I'm not holding my breath that it's gonna be good, but yeah. I'm, I'm excited for it. So. Yeah, I'll be interested to see because, you know, there's going to be some some big things still coming. Some that we know about, some we don't know about. I think once, especially once, the Xbox First Party Showcase happens and the Ubisoft Forward event happens. And, you know, when PlayStation has their supposed August event as well. I think then we'll have a good idea maybe of what we're really looking for or see looking at for console launch, window games that will be there at release day and you know we'll, we'll see what these lists are going to look like i'm not super confident in my top three other than the last of us part two i'm pretty confident we'll be in the top three but even Ghost of tsushima here in a couple of weeks i'm really excited about so we'll see where that yeah. even ends up so yeah very, yeah yeah <laughs> so man do you think do you think halo is still going to come out this fall oh, man
1: uh I mean, I could see it being delayed. I don't think that's a good move for Microsoft, but I could see it being delayed for sure. Uh, Do I think it's still going to come out? I should just answer your question. No, I don't think it'll come out this year.
0: So what's going to be Xbox's big fall game then? Is it going to be Fable? Is it going to be Perfect Dark? Is it going to be all which are obviously not confirmed, but the games that people are saying are going to be announced at this Xbox show?
1: If it's not I don't know that they're gonna have a big follow on. It's gonna be the console. Maybe Forza. Like I How's don't know. I don't know that if if it's not Halo, I don't know what it would be besides Forza. Right. Um but I just don't know where I don't know that my expectations are so high because we are we already know that we're not getting Microsoft exclusive content for their console. So maybe it's Maybe their biggest game is a third party game. Uh, Yeah. You know, I I don't know that if they already announced that, I don't know what the pressure is on them to put out a big title in, in their studio. That's going to be on game pass anyways. I mean, I know that I know how crazy that sounds saying as an Xbox fan saying that, but I don't I don't feel the same way about Halo and Gears as I used to. Right. Like it maybe maybe they're gonna allow us with a new IP and that will be their game. Um but I don't you know I if Halo gets delayed, I'm not bummed because I want them to do the best they can with Halo. Um right. And if it comes out great, but I don't I I have the expectation that it could and might be delayed
0: (laughs) okay i could see that yeah all right so here's i'm gonna ask you just some quick hitters here about whether these games are still going to come out this year or not uh yes no (laughs) answers And if you want to add more to your thoughts that's totally cool uh are we getting best game of the year bug snacks still this year
1: i don't know anything about this game so sure why not
0: (laughs) (laughs) that song is so oh my gosh bug snacks that trailer cracked me up so so (laughs) bad Oh, goodness. Okay, Dying Light 2. Is that game actually coming out this year? No,
1: I don't know that game's coming out ever. (laughs) Okay. uh,
0: Elden Ring, the new game from From Software. Okay, with George Martin. No. (laughs) All right. Uh, Let's see. Gods and Monsters. Is that game actually coming out this year?
1: Oh, you know, that's a tough one. That's a bad look for Ubisoft. If it doesn't, I say no, it doesn't come out this year.
0: (laughs) Okay. Uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Is it actually going to hit this year? I think so, yeah. Okay. And you've already said no to Halo. Let's see here. Other games that are scheduled. To be
1: fair, I want all these to come out this year.
0: (laughs) Uh, Right. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Marvel's Spider-Man Miles Morales. Will that hit this year?
1: (sighs) Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. Uh, Outriders.
1: Yeah. Actually, it looks... I watched another um, video. It looks pretty well-polished.
0: Yeah, that game's looking really good, yeah. so hopefully that does it. Uh, Rainbow Six Quarantine. Yes. Let's see here. That we already know is pushed. Uh, this is really engaging as I look and sit <laughs> here, reading through this list of games, trying that's to okay. figure out what the next awesome one is going to be. Skull and Bones. <laughs> I didn't know that. Uh, oh, I'm thinking of a different game. Never mind. Yeah, Skull and Bones. That was actually the one that went by that we're like, oh, we already know that's pushed until next year, so next we don't worry year. about that. So... <laughs> Awesome. Uh, Watch Dogs Legion is that actually going to hit this no,
1: year? No, 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 no.
0: <laughs> so, do you think that's early next year?
1: I think that's probably February.
0: Okay. I want if I'm
1: Watchdogs Legion, I want to separate myself from Cyberpunk.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's true. I do you think there was anyone happier about that delay than Crystal Dynamics and the people working on Marvel's Adventures?
1: Well, what a great delay for them. <laughs> 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 Uh, it was a great delay for a lot of people when it first got delayed, and then it was a great delay for Square Enix, yeah.
0: Absolutely, cool. All right, anything about uh, this year in games you want to say before we wrap up the show, Josh?
1: It's a weird year in games. It's a weird year. So yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know that the year was as front loaded as. It ha- it was the last two years, but I still think we got right. a bunch of quality games mm-hmm. uh, for the most part. And it's going to be a real interesting second half of the year.
0: It is. I'm going to be really interested to see where these games hit, how many of these games, especially from folks like Ubisoft, from the games that um, PlayStation has announced, even from like their Bethesda Games partnerships that are supposed to be this year still xbox what they have coming this year it's gonna be really interesting to see especially with corona and everything that's happened there uh it's gonna be an interesting end of the year for sure i think yeah. it might be really really good it might be really really sparse we'll have to wait and see and maybe the beginning of 2021 will be what we thought the beginning of 2020 was going to be yeah <laughs> all right well we're gonna move on we're gonna wrap up the show we have no emails or questions from the audience this week so just remember if you do want to participate in the show hit us up at board with fiji on twitter or board with fiji at gmail.com if you want to email us some questions we'd love to have them there so we're gonna wrap up with recommendations for a well-rounded life. Obviously, we're a gaming podcast, but we want to give you one thing we're currently into that is helping us live that balanced, well-rounded life. Josh, what is your recommendation for our listeners?
1: Well, it won't come to a surprise to many uh that my recommendation is Hamilton on Disney Plus. Uh this is something that I <laughs> I discovered so many years ago. Um in my podcast listening well when I was listening to podcasting, there's a lot of a lot of like the comedy shows I listened to, people were talking about listening to this soundtrack, this Hamilton soundtrack. Mm -hmm. And you know, I knew it was a musical and I knew it was about politics, or so I thought. So I was like, There's no way I'm gonna listen to this. But after months and months of hearing people talking about this soundtrack and how they're obsessed with it, I finally gave it a shot and then I too became obsessed to the fact that I've listened to it hundreds of times, <laughs> uh, which doesn't happen very often when I listen to music. I, don't, I very rarely, like, quote-unquote, wear out the CD for full mm-hmm. terminology. Um, And this was a show that I quickly realized I would never be able to afford to get tickets to, at least not to the Broadway show. Um, and we never got a Boston uh, run. Well, we did get a Boston run, and it was impossible to get tickets for So, I wasn't able to go see it. Uh, So, this was my only way. And I got to tell you, listening to it is one thing. Yep. Being able to see the acting, the emotion, the Mm -hmm. storytelling, the the dancing, the choreography, the stage. Yep. I was tearing up at the beginning of the show because I was so – I wasn't like crying, but I was like so – happy and emotional about watching this. Right. That no way can my experience be compared to anyone's who has never seen this or listened to it. So I have a hard time like, like stifling that, like right when I'm trying to tell like my folks or, or friends mm-hmm. to watch it. Um, and I understand that there's definitely controversy around the storytelling and factual and this and that. I get that. Um, yep. I'm not, Trying to tell you that this is, uh, if it makes you feel better that this is science fiction, then go into it thinking it's science fiction. (laughs) Um, But not everything has to be a political statement, even in a play about politics, uh, or musical. I shouldn't call it a play. Uh, It is filmed. There's so many great shots in this. The way it's filmed was excellent. How much these cinematographers and the stage directors had to work to film this the way they did was probably just as incredible as the show itself um it was great I loved every like I watched it twice the first day it came out and mm-hmm. I would have watched it more uh, if I hadn't played destiny so um, <laughs> easy recommend uh, they do swear in it um so if you have kids. Be aware, mm-hmm. um, but they're not like I don't know. I don't want to say they're not bad throws because, like, depending on your opinion, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, but they're they're like tame swearing. And he said that he took out two of the three f words, yep. and I didn't catch the f word in both times I watched it. So oh, gotcha. Maybe I just was in the show and I missed <laughs> it, but. Um, yeah, super easy recommendation, and uh, there's still a lot to learn about Hamilton and our country, even while it's ignoring certain things that happened. It still has a lot of fact in the story. For sure. Um, so there is a lot you can learn about what's going on, even now. Yeah,
0: absolutely. absolutely. Uh, that's a great recommendation. I kind of figured this is what you were going to recommend. I echo it. I agree with you 100%. I have a different recommendation this week, but... Uh, if you haven't seen Hamilton, definitely watch it. Uh, the nice thing about this, this is probably the best play slash musical to film I think I've ever seen. Yeah. It, it's something that doesn't usually translate super well, but I think they did an excellent job and, and kind of have found the right sauce, if you would, in, in order to help a stage production come to the home television. And the way I always, uh, the way I associate this, or the way I think about it, I've been fortunate enough. I did see Hamilton live in Chicago, uh, so Wayne Brady was part of the cast. That was pretty sweet. Yes. Nice. Uh, so I did have the good fortune to see it live. And for me, watching this on Disney Plus was similar to watching or listening to—I would say watching. Uh, you could say listening to it because I'm going to use a music reference here. But like listening to like a really good live concert on CD. Yeah. Like it's obviously being there is better seeing it in person is better, but it doesn't mean that it's bad when you watch or experience it through this other means, you know? So this is a really good rendition of the, of the musical for your home being there is still definitely better. (laughs) Like (laughs) I would much rather go see Hamilton again than watch it on Disney plus if given the choice, but since I have no option to go see it again currently I will definitely take the Disney Plus version. It's still very, very good. Uh, Musicals, something about musical theater has always been really impactful to me. Uh, Most musicals that I go, if they're done even with a little bit of success, slightly well, uh, I cry. Uh, and I blow her up pretty bad usually. <laughs> the funny thing is, is in Hamilton, the part that's supposed to be like the sad part is not the part I cry at. I cry at a whole bunch of other parts. Right. uh, uh so yeah. But it is excellent. They do a great job with it. And yeah, there's some controversy both about subject matter, about Lin Manuel Miranda. Like, there's always gonna be controversy about things when it comes to art. But I think it's definitely, like I said, I think the best film adaptation of a musical I have ever seen. Um. So if you're interested in that at all, you should definitely check it out. Yeah. My recommendation, very short, very brief. Uh, Check out Douglas. Uh, It is the new stand-up special from Hannah Gatsby on Netflix. Uh, Her initial uh, Netflix special was Nanette, which I think I talked about. uh, Yeah, we Yeah, a couple years ago when it came out. Uh, Douglas is the follow-up one to it. It is exceptional. She does something that I've never seen a uh, comic do, and if they have ever done it before, I apologize for not seeing it. But she tells you at the very beginning, here's everything I'm going to do in this show. (laughs) <laughs> here's every joke I'm going to tell you. And then does it and it's still alerts. Wow. It's like, it's, it's pretty, pretty impressive. And like I gotta say, I don't think it's a spoiler. But she literally lays out here's what everything I'm gonna talk about for this entire show. Here's what all the types of jokes I'm gonna talk about, blah 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 blah. Uh and she does it and it's great. So I definitely recommend checking out Douglas on Netflix. Uh if you haven't ever seen a Hannah Gatsby show though, please do watch Nanette first. Yeah. I think it just gives a lot of good Is going to provide a lot of good background and understanding for her comedy style and delivery style before going into Douglas, because she definitely has a style and delivery that is very unique to her, I think. uh, And I think it'll be helpful to kind of have that background. So I think that would be the best order to watch the net if you haven't, then watch Douglas, both excellent specials. Uh, So, yeah, check those out. Josh, what do you say we wrap the show up?
1: Let's do that. Uh, thanks for joining us, everyone. In addition to finding us on Twitter and Instagram at BoardWithVG, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash so feel free to give us a five-star rating over there. Also, if you want to communicate in the more long form, or you're just not feeling social media, please feel free to email us at boardwithvg at gmail.com. We tag our stuff with #boardwithvg, so please feel free to use that hashtag on all social medias, so we can see what you are up to. And whatever podcast service you're listening to us on, we encourage you to give us a stellar rating. That is, whether you're downloading us from the PSVG feed, the Dice Tower Network feed, or our very own standalone Board with Video Games feed. You can find me on Xbox Live and PlayStation Network. At why so serious? That's S I R R I U S. Kyle, where can people find you?
0: You can find me at all the usual places: Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, Xbox Live, Board Game Geek, all at Psychocross. C Y C O C R O S S. As always, if you have suggestions for future topics, be sure to reach out to us on the social media because we want to talk about what you want to hear about. And remember, everyone, whether it be board games or video games, never stop gaming.